The best way to learn a language? Immersion. Living where the language is spoken and using it every day. But if that's not in the cards this year, you can still learn a language the second best way. And that's with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts and help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Babbel's designed by real people for real conversations, and their tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching, so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription at babbel.com slash bluewire. That's 60% off at babbel.com slash bluewire, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash bluewire. Rules and restrictions apply. Before we get started with this episode of Bench with Bubba, I wanted to talk to you about rotoballer.com. Win big in 2022 with rotoballer.com's MLB and DFS Premium Pass, which includes 15 exclusive lineup tools, daily DFS cheat sheets, and our new Team Sync platform. Use Rotoballer's exclusive hitter projections, pitching planners, DFS value plays, research stations, lineup optimizer, and more to help you win big. For a limited time, get your MLB Premium Pass for an extra 10% off your with your discount code Bubba, B-U-B-B-A. Just visit rotoballer.com, use promo code Bubba, B-U-B-B-A for 10% off the Premium Pass for the MLB season, and get started to rotoballing like a boss. And welcome back, everybody, to another episode of Bench with Bubba, episode 479, recapping the week in fab. And in order to do so, no, that is not Toby that is joining me today because Toby's on vacation again. So I have a special guest joining me. You can find her work at rotaballer.com and fantraxhq.com and on Twitter at Jenny Butler 830 Jenny, how are we doing? I'm good. How are you? Where's Toby? Where kind of vacation is he on? I want to be on vacation. He's always on vacation. I always give him a hard (laughs) time. He's always gone, but uh, he's living life, doing his thing, visiting family and uh, having fun in the summertime. So good for him. Good for him. Yeah. Yeah. I'm jealous. I'm with you. I'm I'm, I'm very jealous as well. So how are things going for you? How's uh, how's the season treating you so far? So far, it's sort of a mixed bag. Um, I've got a couple teams uh, doing well, a couple teams not doing not so well, but uh, I'm kind of just waiting it out and trying to do the best I can, you know, just put in the work every week and hopefully the ones doing well will stay that way and the ones doing poorly will rise up. You know, you got to you know, just keep going, you know. my The goal for me usually, you know, when I have teams that aren't doing well, because everybody except Phil so last year has that is I, I just try to make sure my goal is to have all of my teams finish in the top half of the league. Yeah. 
so that kind of keeps me working on the ones that it's it's easy to give up on you know no i like that i like that strategy because i it, one of the most annoying things and it happens in every league as you know when the people just give up and you're just like well that just kind of ruins things there so i i'm like you like it's more of a pride thing for me let's like work hard and, and get to a certain point i put in this much time already let's not give up on this thing but um yeah some do and that is what it is but i like that i like your style and trying to at least make it respectable as far as you can go and it's a long ways to go we still have four months to go like we're, yeah. we're we just yeah. got through two months and we still have two-thirds of the season to go so a lot of grinding to be done still to this day but um let's do some recent news real quick and then we'll talk fab which is the grind of grinds week in and week out and uh, we'll start with taylor ward going to the il with a hamstring injury they're saying probably just a couple weeks potentially Joe Adele gets called back up. Brandon Marsh has been struggling. Uh, any interest in Mr. Adele this time through? Yeah, he's he's an interesting one because, you know, it's not like he got called back up because he's doing so great in AAA. He got called back up because they had a need. So, you know, he still isn't hitting for average, especially lately. He's still striking out a lot. But, you know, the playing time might be there. So um, if it were me, I didn't pick him up anywhere this week. I don't even know if he was available. I don't remember seeing his name. Um, but if I were to pick him up this week, I would be treating it more as like a pickup and bench pickup and kind of wait and see, and not necessarily somebody who I would pick up and just plug right into my lineup right away. That's kind of how I was. I, um, I put in bids on him, but small bids. So I didn't win him anywhere. Um, and I'm a big Joe Adele fan, but I had cut him in a lot of places because I was just a mess. And yeah, you had to, and it, and it, it wasn't promising. Like you said, he wasn't playing well in triple a. And Joe Madden's quotes weren't very like, glorious about endorsing him, getting the call up. So we'll see how it goes. Like I mentioned, Brandon Marsh is struggling too. So if Adele can hit, he might stick. We'll see. But uh, it'll be interesting. He's still striking out a ton. And that's going to be yeah. a, a problem one way or another. I, still, uh, I have some Brandon Marsh. So I'm that's that's the one I'm hoping gets to play in time. <laughs> yeah, and he started out good too. But he's like, it's it's a thing with the, the Angels are all struggling right now. It's the best way I can put it. They're all in a funk. So we'll see how that plays out in the coming days. I got the new City Connect jerseys, so maybe that'll work for him. I don't know. But um, Will Myers goes to the IL for the San Diego Padres. And not everybody loves Will Myers, but if you're in deeper leagues, Jenny, uh, Will Myers does have his place from time to time. Uh, Nomar Marzara has gotten called up. Trent Grisham kind of is starting to hit the baseball. Um, any thoughts on the Padres situation? So I drafted Will Myers and then cut him earlier this season when he got hurt the first time. Um, I'm usually pretty, uh, quick to cut unless it's somebody that's, you know, really playing well. So even this most current IL stand, I'm, I'm fine with cutting Will Myers. Um, it's, you know, it depends on your, on your needs, obviously, but you know, the, the player, the Padres have been using Mazar. They've also been using Jose. I don't know if I'm going to say it right. As a car. Mm-hmm. Um, while he's been out and, you know, I, I think it's probably going to be some split playing time as actually has, um, decent average and a little bit of speed. So, you know, maybe if you're real desperate, you could go there. Um, and Mazzara, you know, was doing really well in AAA. It seemed, I think he had a really high Babbitt from what I remember. Um, but you know, he, he had the, the, uh, pedigree and people loved him for years, but he's mostly been a disappointment so far. Sometimes those, you know, reclamation, you know, those prospects who aren't doing well can, you know, come out of nowhere and, and be what we were waiting for. But I don't know that he's going to get enough playing time. So I don't really find either of them all that interesting. Um, but, yeah, I'm, I'm not really seeing a whole lot there. 
Yeah, it's tricky because yeah, people are are still kind of hyped on Nomar Mazars based on his pedigree, like you said. They loved him, but it's one of those we've seen it in AAA a million times with him, but we have not seen it in the bigs yet. So let's see where that one pans out to. And um, yeah, it's just the, the Padres as a whole are a mess. Like they're getting uh, an MRI on Tatis on Monday at Guys Records. We'll see how that goes. I'm bringing him back. There's just a lot of moving parts there that aren't clicking right now. So outside of Machado, it's it's, it's a murky situation. Uh, to just monitor probably from the outside looking in. Um, this will be the first of many Reds tidbits we'll have on this show based on looking at the list, and it's good because we have Miss Reds on the uh, the show, which helps <laughs> a lot here. But uh, just a couple hours ago before we started recording, Mike Moustakis goes to the IL. Seems like a reusable tweet, as they say. Um, it's a shame. Looks like you're going to get some more playing time. Uh, locks in Brandon Drury for good now, which is great yeah. to see. And uh, you got Matt Reynolds and some other guys. Is there anything fantasy viable with Moustakis going out? Probably not. <laughs> I mean, Drury's already already rostered. Yeah. Um, Reynolds is fine. Nothing to be too excited about. But, you know, I, I personally, I know we're going to talk about him a little bit, but I personally am a fan of Kyle Farmer. I think that he's underrated. Um, but you know, anybody that's getting regular playing time in that lineup in that ballpark can be useful if they're getting it regularly. And I don't know that that's necessarily going to be the case. Um, Moustakis was not playing well before he got hurt. I actually just dropped him yesterday and that was fortuitous with the injury news. Um, but you know, I've, I have this unreasonable faith in Mike Moustakis that I have to just keep reminding myself that I need to be objective about him because last year I had a main event team that was doing really well. And I held on to him the entire season, which was just, just killed me. And I, I promised myself I wouldn't do that again this year. And so I very reluctantly cut him yesterday, but yeah, I don't, uh, third base wise, who, who was, was playing third base while he was out before was a jury. Yeah. Looking Drury at the roster, third? roster resource has jury playing third and Matt Reynolds playing second. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he's, Jury's, I think, I think jury's the one that you would want. And if, you know, if he's out there, great, you can go get him. But um, at least in my leagues, he's already rostered. Yeah. Most 12 teams and deepers, he's been gone for quite a while. So that's a, that's a shame, but it, I'm kind of with you fortuitously, I guess. Uh, I dropped Moustakis everywhere yesterday as well. It was just one of those, like, cause I'm yeah. with you. I had blind faith in him. I kept thinking, okay, great American small park. Give me 30 plus homers, hit 230, whatever. Like we, we can play with that. Dude just can't stay healthy. It's it's ridiculous. Yeah. So I'm just gonna be like, you know what? If you come back and you do it, you do it. I, I'm not dealing with it anymore. So I'm with you 100 percent on that one. I dropped him everywhere yesterday. All right, let's get into some fab recapping. But before we do so, let's get your thoughts on the fab process. Everyone's got a there's there's no perfect way to do fab. Everyone has their own way. It's like a snowflake. There's a mm-hmm. they're all different, and that's that's the fun part about picking everybody's brain on this one. So how do you approach your fab process week in and week out? So I've, I've div- sort of modified it a little bit over the years. I used to just sort of look at like who the hot pickups were for the week, look at like those player lists, you know, like Vlad's article is great, you know, stuff like that. Just look at who the, the general targets were going to be. And I think that sometimes you can waste time doing that because it really depends on what your team needs. Um, there's actually a Twitter thread, strangely enough, going around about this today where a lot of people were in agreement about it, a lot of good players. So that sounds good to me. But um, so I, I generally draft a lot of pitching. Um, I draft, I drafted closers very high this year. I spent a lot on closers and starting pitching. So my goal is to not stream pitching. Um, 
you know, you always fall into situations where you have to, but, you know, I, I try not to stream pitching. I try to have a starting seven plus two to three, maybe even four guys on my bench and just work with that rotation, you know, start the guys every week from that, you know, 10 ish guys um, that have the best matchups, the best situations every week. So I'm trying not to uh, stream. Um, so far this year, that seemed like maybe that wasn't going to be a great strategy, but I think it's turning around a little bit. You know, some guys are starting to get blown up. So I'm kind of glad to have uh, the guys that I have. So what I've started to do in the last few years is um, stream hitters. So I'll keep, you know, I like to keep um, at least two to three of every position, which requires some multi-position guys. But I like to have options at each position every week and kind of just pull in guys that have good matchups, a lot of games, a lot of games versus certain handed pitchers during the week. Um, I use the Rasball um, projections a lot, which I know a lot of people use, you know, but they have that really nice feature where you can look at Monday through Thursday and Friday through Sunday. Um, so I'll look, I'll download. What I actually do physically is I export the player list from each of my NFBC leagues, filter out all the guys who are owned, rostered, and then that gives me all the free agents. And then I just pull in the Rasball projections for the Monday through Thursday and Friday through Sunday into that sheet. So I can see, I can sort by who's got the best projections um, for each half of the week. And that gives me some good targets. Um, I, I try not to uh, stash closers. Part of the reason that I think it's a really good um, strategy to pay up for closers is because I don't like to use my bench positions on trying to stash closer candidates. So I think that's one of the reasons to do it. Um, so for the most part in all my leagues, I drafted four leagues in Vegas this year and I drafted two top closers on three out of the four. And on the fourth one, I got hater. And then I'm piecing together a little bit um, on this for the second one. But um, yeah, so in a perfect situation, I'm not, I don't have any closer candidates on my bench. I have my two starting closers and that's it. And so far this year it's working. You never know, you know, if I have an injury or something, I could be in real trouble. But um, I also don't uh, really bid very highly on rookies. They're in call-ups, prospect call-ups, yep. um, partly because I'm not really a prospect person. And so I don't have a lot of faith in my own ability to judge them. Um, you know, you can look at like James Anderson, obviously, is a great resource. And there are guys who really know what they're talking about and can really, you know, give you some good information. But I just don't feel very confident that even what their skills look like in AAA is what they can repeat, you know, in the majors. So I just don't think that it's for the most part, usually a good option. I'll, I'll usually bid on them, especially if it's like a really good prospect, I'll bid on them, but I'll bid something that I'm comfortable dropping. Yep. So like if, you know, if I bid 50, even like it's $80 on a prospect and it doesn't work out, I don't feel like I have to hang on to them. You know, you, you bid $500 on a Josh Lowe, <laughs> And you have to, you're holding on or you're dropping and you lost $500. So like, I don't, I don't see the value in that. So, um, yeah. So for me during the week, um, I start out on Mondays with a sheet, a brand new sheet of paper, folded in half. I keep it in my purse all week. One of those advantages of having a carrying around a purse. <laughs> um, I keep it one side of it has a list of players as I'm listening to podcasts or looking at box scores or anything like that. I'll just jot down player names on it throughout the week. I like kind of hitters and pitchers side by side. The other side of it, I split up into all my teams. And then on Saturday, usually I'll go into each of my teams, set my lineups for the next week, 
And then for each team, I'll make a note of what categories I need, which I'm really just starting to do about this time of year. And then I'll, what positions I'll need, um, who are my good drops um, from each of my teams. And then um, I have that sheet in front of me as I'm doing my fab bids. So I have uh, everything right there with me. Um, so yeah, I just, I try to, I try to do my pickups based on my team needs and looking at it in more of a week or two week stretch coming up rather than trying to make big changes through the whole season. And I usually, it keeps my bids kind of small. I, I love it. We have a lot of similarities, but you, um, you're much uh, more organized than I am in your process. Um, I, might, I might need to get a MERS or a fanny pack. That might help. There you go. you could just keep process. a note on your phone, you know? I, I do that There's... a lot, actually. I have my notes tab. Yeah. Like I have running things on, for stuff like that, for sure. Um, but yeah, I'm jealous because you're smart enough to uh, put a sheet together with the projections and stuff. I'm still trying to figure those things out. But uh, I'm with you on prospects, 100%. That's why I've, I've talked about that many times is I have tr- I have such a hard time bidding triple digits on anybody let alone a prospect, knowing what I can lose. I think the only time I've done that this year and knock on wood it's worked so far is Mackenzie Gore. But that's because yeah. for me, I at least I've known him for a while. Like he wasn't just one of those like first year guys. He just had injuries and this and that and the other. It's, it still could have been horrible, but uh, it was early enough in the season. I took my chance because with you, I feel at least a pitcher could be much more beneficial than a hitter making the jump if that makes sense to people and, mm-hmm. and, and hitters can do it too. But like we just talked about Joe Waddell to start the show. The dude is super talented, like insanely talented. And he might produce one of these years, but it's just not clicking yet. And we saw Josh Lowe, look at Steve Kwan, everyone put money in on like, there's a long list of all these dudes that people are paying a lot of money for, but I'm with you. I put keep them honest bids out there. Like I, I got Steven Kwan in a couple of leagues, for like 30 or 40 bucks because no one bid on him. Yeah. Surprisingly, I go. dropped him. Like it's fine. Yeah. But I would have felt horrible if I was one of those guys that bid like 350 bucks for him, and that would have really stung. So I'm with you there. Uh, the other note I jotted down where you're talking that I think is really good, especially of late when I look, when I'm doing my weekly fab, you look at the players available, this, that, especially in 15s, but uh, in 12s as well, the hitter pulls so much deeper. And it makes sense, obviously. There's more hitters than pitchers. That's like simple stuff. But like the last couple of weeks, it's been hard finding two-star pitchers that are worth giving a chance to. Um, you know, like when Glenn Otto, who was well, that's like a good one, or Smelter, like they don't leave you warm and fuzzy. But you can go and get like a William Contreras or a Cole Calhoun or these guys that are producing for a few weeks. So I like the strategy like you're talking about. Like, let's go get pitcher heavy, then we'll, we'll, we'll stream hitters because at least so far this year and more often than not, it's been much more feasible to pull like yeah. like I can make as like James Anderson and the guys say I can make a waterfall of like 10 hitters that I have no problem rostering this week my pitchers might be like three deep because it just yeah. gets so bad after that it's like okay I'll just hang on to Merrill Kelly for one more week and put him on or whatever like I just don't want to deal with it anymore so um I, I feel you there I think that's a great philosophy um on average on a normal fab week when you have all your normal time how long does it usually take you to do your fab for four leagues so I actually have six fab leagues cause I'm doing TGFBI and then I'm also in GLARF. Um, so I spend, I spend more than I really need to because, you know, I don't, I don't have kids. I don't have some of those other, you know, commitments. So I'll often just spend my Sunday kind of sitting with my laptop in front of me, but I'll usually jealous, spend, jealous, um, <laughs> I'll usually spend um, a couple hours on Friday and Saturday kind of getting 
set up, look through Vlad's article. I also make sure I do spend a decent amount of time, probably a, a good hour going through all of my drops and all my leagues from the week before. And you can do that earlier Very in the week. Smart. It's something you Very can kind smart. of get through done earlier. Um, and that's where a lot of my list comes from. Supplement it, look through Vlad's article. And then um, Sunday, usually right after lunch or so, I'll start going league by league, setting my lineup, you know, and doing the physical, like making of the lists and all that. And so I, and I don't generally don't finish until like 8 PM. Um, so it's, it's a while, but I'm a lot of times that's when I do a lot of my research and stuff. So, you know, I'll end up taking an hour or two, maybe two hours on my good leagues and an hour on my leagues, you know, that aren't doing so well. A lot of that time though, is also spent deciding on drops. I have a hard time, especially in my good leagues, deciding who to drop. So, um, you'll end up looking through my own guys sometimes as much as I'm looking through the guys that I'm looking to pick up. That is one of the hardest parts. That's something I've, I've talked about a couple of years now is like, you, you have to know when to pull, like to drop, you have to know when to do this good and you're going to make mistakes. Like I, I always mm-hmm. tell the story. I dropped Matt Carpenter the year. Matt Carpenter went nuts because he was so bad, so bad. And everyone's like, he's hurt. I dropped him. And like three weeks later, the run started and it just like, and I'll never forget it. You never forget those things. Yeah. But um, you know, Scott Pianowski and a lot of very great players all say, if you don't make a couple of mistakes, you just, you weren't playing. That's just part of the deal um so i'm with you it's tough especially like i play a lot more 12 teams than 15s i just find it more my yeah my, i play my, only my 15s life. by the way for everybody's yeah. that's reference you, when i'm talking okay. about some of these guys and that's usually how toby is toby's pretty much 15s only yeah. too so that's why it's kind of we have a diff, different philosophy on a lot of things which works and um so well, you have more options in a 12 obviously but to me it almost makes it harder to pick your drops because you're like this guy's like because like, i could i still have a couple of 15s but i'm never dropping this guy in a 15 but it's like he's kind of droppable here because there's so many options to replace them with. And that makes it uh, tricky. So in 15, it's even harder because like you're sitting there looking at like the Moustakas example. He's not that mm-hmm. great right now. But in a 15, if he's playing every day, which he was, there's viability there. And that's what makes mm-hmm. it tricky. Like in a 12, it's pretty easy. Like, yeah, you can go we'll figure it out later. A 15, it's trickier. And that's what makes that like a tough decision. That's why he held him so long is because as long as he's playing and maybe he has a hot streak or something, there's a lot to that. So it, it's tough. It's very tough. And uh, I guess the moral of the story is uh, players like yourself and other very talented players, for those wondering, they put a lot of time into this. It's not just a go and, um, you know, it's, hey, it's a, an hour before fab on Sunday. Let's uh, figure this out. There's a reason they're successful is uh, what's fun about talking about this. But, yeah, right. and the times that you um, don't drop a guy and it mm-hmm. works out, Oh, make yeah. it harder mentally to, mm-hmm. to drop some of those guys. Like last year I had an auction league team that wasn't doing, it was okay. It wasn't that great. And Jorge Soler sucking. Yep. And uh, also I think I had a Eugenio Suarez on that team too. Um, but I didn't really, didn't really want to drop them. Didn't really like put in the time to maybe figure out whether they were drop worthy. I just kind of held on to them. And then they turned around. Mm-hmm. I ended up finishing fourth in that league. One stinking home run out of the money. And uh and then, like the next year, you're looking at a Musakas and thinking, well, maybe you yeah. could do what Solaire did. Same type you of know? So, but I just remind myself that, especially if you think that if you drop somebody that they won't get immediately picked up, um, you know, you can let them go. And if you start to see, just keep an eye on it. If you start to see signs of life, just try to be the first one out there jumping in to get them. And then you don't have to keep them just, you know, dead money on your roster the whole time. Yeah, there's there's like two players right now that are killing me that are dead roster spots for me at, on my twelves. Uh, one's a pitcher, one's a hitter. I can't 
quit Jose Barrios, but I can't start him. And of course he deals this last time out. Like he was amazing. Yeah, but it's like one of those, I, mean, I know how good he is. I'm, and I'm starting him this week. He has a great matchup. So he's probably gonna get shelled, which can be awesome. But hitter wise, a guy is can't cut. Cause I know it's going to haunt me, but it hasn't haunted me yet. And I've been wanting to cut him for a month is Jesse Winker. That one's uh, killing me right now. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I have the, I have an irrational belief in Jesse Winker. Maybe it's just because he was a red, but it's like, you would just see these glimpses. Yep. And and you think if you could just string that together, and you know I don't know out in Seattle it doesn't seem to be working for him. Suarez looking Suarez doing pretty good. great. Yeah, Julio. Winker. Doing I would have thought it would be the other way around, but you never know. Yeah. Suarez looking really good, really good. Yeah. But uh, let's talk some fab pickups from this past week. We will hit on some Reds here because they were a very popular addition to the list. But uh, the most popular addition for those keeping track at home, as usual, online championships. Um, Edward Cabrera. The, the righty for the Marlins picked up in 184 leagues. Pretty sure that's all of them. A high of this is why I love doing this, Jenny, by the way. A high <laughs> of 186. Some leagues got him for a dollar, a whole dollar. He went as low. I get Crazy. 12 team leagues blow my mind. He threw six innings in Colorado, six shutout, one hit innings with nine strikeouts. The changeup was looking filthy. This is a guy last year, Jenny, as you remember, everyone was just clamoring over again. The prospect people, people paid for him, didn't pan out. But they knew how good he could be. And this is one start. It, it could blow up tomorrow. But um, he looked pretty darn good in Colorado. So people were aggressive on him. I think I got him in like one league for like 14 bucks. But I just keep him on his stuff. What's your thoughts on Edward Cabrera going forward? Yeah, he was only available. Uh, he was available in one of my Vegas leagues. He went for 89. And then uh, both TGFBI and Glarfi was available. And he went for over 100, 111 and 150. And both of those... Um, I put in pretty minor bids on him. Um, I worry about the walks. Um, mm-hmm. He seems to have a bit of a walk problem. So that always concerns me. I don't know about you, but like I'm having a weird situation this year where even the um, pitching staffs that are doing pretty well, my whip is struggling. Yeah. So I've been really conscious about whip. Um, so I wasn't super interested he does seem like he's got a place in the rotation for a while with lazardo injured and you know they what did they send down enrique or, uh, yeah, Eliezer Eliezer? Nez, yeah he got sent down yeah so i mean i think he's they're going to give him the leash um whether that's a good thing or not i don't know i mean maybe they'll leave him out there to learn you know if mm-hmm. he's not doing well they might you know still continue to throw him because he needs to sort of figure it out in the majors and that might not be good for fantasy players so yeah. i just was kind of mediocre about him and so I didn't get him anywhere um like I said earlier I'm not a prospect person so I have a real hard time a lot of times translating what somebody was doing in the minors to the majors which generally leads me to not be the one who ends up with them in fact <laughs> yeah no I feel you like um I pretty much this week I was in like a group chat talking about it I basically was like $18 or cheaper on all my bids that I got this week so it was kind of more of a survive in advance to next week type thing, not break banks. And like I said, I got him in one league, but he was pitching really well in, um, in triple a over his, um, 23 innings, the strikeouts were there, but the walks were still a little bit of an issue. Like you said, and that's been his big bugaboo his entire time. So as long as he keeps having those walk issues where he might have problems, but I do agree. He should get some nice run here for a little while, which will definitely uh, make him possibly fantasy appealing, especially if he makes a turn like Pablo Lopez and Alcantara and those guys, have with that team that could be a, a big big plus as well all right one let's thing talk. i do like yeah. to do sorry one no thing problem. i do like to do is uh 
in general, yeah, this is during drafts too, is um, certain teams that are, that really do well with developing pitching and coaching pitching. I'll give those pitchers a little bit more benefit of the doubt. I, you know, I ended up with Eric Lauer a few places this year because I trust what the Brewers can do. And it's the same with the Marlins. You know, I, I give them the benefit of the doubt when they bring somebody up. So a, a prospect coming up for them versus, you know, maybe another team, I, I will give it a little bit more credence. No, that's a great point. That's a great point. Like we talk about it, we used to talk about with the uh, Cleveland Guardians. Uh, that's yeah. kind of disappeared a little bit now. But like the Giants are getting that reputation now. Dodgers are the Dodgers. That's just what they do. But uh, yeah, no, there are definitely teams you can put a little more stock in. That's for sure. Mm-hmm. Let's stick with the Marlins here. Mr. Uh, Speedman himself, John Birdie, because of injuries to Wendell, Ryan Anderson and company. Birdie's been playing every day. and We know he can run, run, run. Got picked up in 114 leagues as high as $57, as low as one. Uh, since he got since he returned on the 27th of May, he's walking almost 13%. He, he already has five stolen bases over that stretch, which is what John Birdie does. And he's got like second base and third base for sure. Maybe even a shortstop in there for all I know. But uh, he's multi-positional as well. So what were your thoughts on Birdie this weekend? Yeah, he's second, third, and and uh an fbc but yeah i mean if you need steals this was a really good option this week i think um you know like what i was saying with you know streaming hitters one of the great places the great ways to do that is to pick up guys that are filling in for injuries so you know and you just you just churn them through you know john birdie would be a good guy to pick up maybe for a few weeks here and then maybe when wendell wendell and anderson come back you might lose playing time again but then you just cycle in the next guy so um, I think especially if you're in an OBP league, he's great. Like you said, he gets a lot of walks, speed. You know, they've they've he's gotten a few starts at leadoff, so that would be great. Um, but yeah, I mean, if you steals, if you need steals, it's definitely a good way to go. Yeah, it's uh, he was fun, a fun attempt to pick up. Got him in a few places. Some people went a little crazier than I did, but um, I, I like the speed upside there and um, playing every day with the Marlins, at least keep me kind of intrigued with what he has to offer there. So I'm with you hundred percent on that one. The next guy, I still don't believe it's a real name. I feel like he should be in like Paddington <laughs> bear or he's fighting like an Irish boxer somewhere or something. But uh, Connor Pilkington was picked up in 98. He's got two starts this week, two pretty nice matchups too. as high as $61, as low as one. I know I like can main events and everything went for a lot more than that. But uh, he's getting stretched out. Went five innings his last time, eight strikeouts. I think he got like closer to like 80, 85 pitches. So they're they're working on stretching him out. I didn't go crazy on – like, again, I didn't go crazy on anybody this week. But um, Pilkington was one, like, we, it looks nice, but I'm still very concerned. Let's put it that way. Yeah, he uh, he's part of the type that leads me to not want to stream starters. You know, it just – it looks so good. And, you know, when I looked at the uh, projections for this coming week, he was the top pitcher by projections available in my leagues anyway. I mean, I'm sure there was better options in 12s, but in my leagues, he, he looked like the best guy on paper. Um, the one place I do have just a tidbit of, you know, knowledge about prospects is with Cleveland because I go to a lot of uh, Columbus Clippers games here. It's a triple A team. So I, I stayed away from Stephen Kwan when he got called up because I, I did not believe in that. And I, I believe I've seen Pilkington this year. I don't have a lot of, you know, great memories of him, but you know, he's, he's fine. He's getting stretched out. He this start um, with five innings. This last one was the first time this year he's pitched five innings. So, eh, you know, it's, it, if you need it, it's a good matchup again. Like I, I still do have some faith in Cleveland, um, but it's, I'd, I'd rather not if I could avoid it. Yeah. No, I'm with you. Like I said, is uh, 
some people are very aggressive on him. Other people are not. And some very smart people were in on him, like John mm-hmm. Fish and Toby and those guys. Like, they were in. So we'll see how it plays out. But I was I was nervous about having to break the bank. Apparently, I didn't have to. But um, we'll, we'll see how it plays out. It's like I wasn't in on Devin Smelter last week. He got the job done. But Smelter scares me, too. Like, there's these guys that they could go full Eric Fetty on you. And it can go yeah. complete other directions. So. You never yeah. know how it plays out. Next week, I'd love to hear Toby's breakdown of him because he does those great breakdowns, and I, mm-hmm. I don't, I don't see it, but maybe he sees something I don't. Yeah, I, I will ask him for sure because that's like the, a couple weeks ago, and he said he picked up Jeffrey Springs everywhere before he, Springs was popular. I made him stop the show and give me like, a, why are you so heavy <laughs> on Jeffrey Springs? Because like no yeah, one's talking that. about him. What, what did you see, Toby? And uh, so we will do that with Connor Pilkington as well. All right, next up here, and this is one of the first Reds, and I'm really glad to have you on for this because I've heard a lot about him this past week. I knew nothing about him before this. Uh, Graham Ashcraft was picked up in 98 leagues, as high as $61. He went higher than Pilkington uh, overall, as low as $1. The 24-year-old has made three starts, given him a total of three runs. Only 9Ks, though. He's striking out more guys in the minors than he has so far in the bigs, but... You know, it's, it's a small sample. The ERA looks nice, but like the FIPS and XFIPS look a little sketch at times. I can't remember which Reddit was that said it, but it was an interview I heard that said um, that Ashcraft might have the best stuff on the staff right now. I heard that. Yeah, I heard this. Like, I want to say yeah, it might have been Stevenson, a farmer or something like that. Yeah. And I was like, I that took me aback because I'm always a Luis Castillo stand that changeup's filthy. And Hunter Green throws 100 every time he throws the baseball. So to say Ashcraft had the best stuff on the staff made me really want to know, Jenny, what do we need to know about Mr. Ashcraft? <laughs> I wish I had a great answer for you. <laughs> I don't, I don't know. You know, I, I, like I I don't, I'm so bad with knowing about these guys who are coming up. And to be honest, I don't even see a lot of Reds games because I'm in the blackout zone, which is oh, awesome. Lovely. Good job. Emily. So, um, you know, I, I can, I can find means of seeing them if I want to. But since they've been so bad this year, I haven't really gone as much out of my way to like try and pull up some feeds online and things like that. Um, you know, I did get him in a couple places this week. Let me see what I spent. But um, he, he's got decent matchups. I mean, there it's versus Arizona and at St. Louis. At St. Louis makes me really nervous. For some reason, you know, the Reds and especially Reds pitchers just in my own, you know, memory just implode <laughs> at Seattle. But, um, you know, I'm, I'm kind of the type to, you know, he's, he's had enough starts now. This isn't going to be, you know, his first start in the majors. His last two have been 6.1 and in seven innings, one earned run in both of those starts, got wins in both of them. So like, I'm inclined to give it a chance, you know, it, it's sort of, you know, until I see otherwise, I'm willing to give it a chance. So this week, let's see, I got him for $33 and $24. So it's another one of those where, you know, I, I'm put, put a little bit of money out there, give it a chance. If it doesn't work, I'll drop them. It'll be fun to look back on Sunday. Ashcraft versus Pilkington. Who was the yeah. better? Because they both went pretty similar in most leagues, it looks like. So that'll be one to check out. Uh, Star Platinum in the chat said Farmer is the one that said it. here. the quote as well. So, ah, uh, there we go. Thank you. Yeah. Wanna, I'm looking forward to seeing it. And thanks, Star. This is a good segue. Next up on the list is Kyle Farmer. Yeah, there you go. Who, who like got picked knew. up in 83 leagues as high as, uh, oh no, Ashcraft went for $125. Hold on, I read the wrong line. Wow. He went for almost double wow. of Pilkington. Farmer went for 67 <laughs> as low as one. Over the last 15 games, Farmer's hitting 408 with four home runs and a stolen base. 
and only striking out 13% of the time. You said it earlier that you like him a lot more than most. And the thing is with Farmer is he's pretty much produced whenever they've really asked him to, which is crazy. Like he's not lighting the world on fire like he is now, but he's produced. And that's the thing, especially in a 15 team like you play. Mm -hmm. Um, So what's your thoughts on Farmer? Are you aggressive on him or is this kind of a only if you needed him thing? I've actually been rostering him on, in a couple leagues for, I probably picked him up. I don't know. I'm guessing in the leagues you're doing pretty ago. well in. Yeah. One of them is my <laughs> main event league that is, has been gaining ground in the last couple of weeks. Um, but it, I just, I rostered him for a good bit last year too. And, you know, I heard even in the off season, people say, well, farmer and just sort of dismiss him. Mm-hmm. And, you know, when they're talking about maybe the red shortstop options or things like that. And I never quite understand it. You know, I think he's, he's serviceable in a 15 and, and, you know, there's guys like him, the, the guys that get regular playing time to sort of rack up those counting stats, just accumulators. They don't really hurt you anywhere. Um, and he has some hot streaks and, you know, that's better than what you can get in a lot of other places. I'd rather have somebody like that than somebody who's just constantly, yep. you know, up and down cold streaks, hot streaks and that sort of thing. So I just have always sort of defended him in my own head. And I think, I sort of in my head equate him to like a Miguel Rojas or somebody like that. Somebody who's, you know, JP Crawford and JP Crawford started out this year really well, but like those guys that are just sort of there every day and getting the playing time and, you know, can be a good contributor to a very good team. You know, they can be that like last hitter on a, on a good team. No, I like that a lot. Farmer's been outstanding in that regard, especially. So I think that's a really good call there. And uh, it makes people forget about Barrero really quickly, which is uh, interesting because that was the one that people wanted. We have a listener question coming up later about Jose Barrero. So we will get to that in a bit. But uh, next up on the docket is Daniel Hudson of the Los Angeles Dodgers picked up in 81 leagues as high as 61, as low as a dollar. Kimbrell's been struggling a ton. Hudson's picked up two of the last three saves. You've got a hold in there. He has uh, gone two, four, six, seven straight outings without allowing a run with three saves, a win, and two holds over that run. Been very, very effective. So um, were you in on Daniel Hudson? You aren't chasing saves, so I'm guessing no. But uh, people were very excited about him this week. Yeah, I I was not. um, But I see why they were. I mean, of all the, you know, closer stashes, I think he's one of the better ones because he's somebody that you can use, you know, even if he's not getting saves. You know, you can put him in there and he might get the occasional save, but you can also just use the good numbers. Um, if you have, you know, a week where your pitching matchups don't look so good. Um, I don't think I, you know, I don't believe that Kimball's going to lose the job unless he gets hurt, which may, you know, maybe that could be part of the reason that he's not pitching well. They said that they, he's having trouble with his mechanics. So, you know, maybe they'd give him a little break and, and work on that kind of thing. I don't, you know, I think he got a save this weekend though, right? Kimball yeah. did. Yeah, he did. So, you know, I don't, I don't think he's going to lose the job, but as far as backups, you know, closer stashes go, it's not a terrible idea. I certainly wouldn't be spending a lot of fab on him. Yeah, that's, that's kind of how I was. I put some small ones on him, didn't get him anywhere. But um, I, I do that with a lot of these guys. Like I have Devin Williams in a couple leagues just for those weeks that you just want the ratios and the strikeouts in the random week where they win six games and he gets a save. But uh, stuff like that because Hater can't do it all. But uh, he's trying to, but he can't. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, it's a, Hudson's got the pedigree. We've seen it before. And if uh, they need to give uh, a break to uh, Kimbrell, it makes a lot of sense as well. Next up, Tyrone Taylor. I was actually quite surprised he's still available in this many leagues. But he's picked up in 80 leagues, as high as 87, as low as a dollar. Been playing every day with Hunter Renfro out. Uh, really tearing it up for a bit there. 
uh, slowed down over the weekend against San Diego, but uh, been showing some great pedigree, uh, some power, a little bit of speed. People liked him in the preseason before they saw they traded for Renfro. But um, any interest in a guy like Tyrone Taylor? Like, he was a part of my waterfalls, but I don't think I got him many places. I don't think he was available in any of my leagues this year or this week. Um, I picked him up last week in a main event, um, thinking that he would get an uptick in playing time, and he did. Started out well, you know. He's gonna. He's good, you know. He's like a what, maybe like a twenty home run, ten to twelve steal guy on a in a full time playing time, and that can be really useful. The the team that I picked him up on last week was desperately in need of a of an outfielder and he was by far the best choice. So I spent up, I had a good amount of money left in that league. So I spent up for him a little bit. I think I paid maybe $80 for him or something. Um, Renfro is supposed to be back soon. Like it almost sounded like he was going to be back this weekend, but then wasn't. So it's possible that that playing time could be reduced. Um, Lorenzo Kane is not great. So it's, they could cycle Taylor in more, more than we think. Um, so I would still hold on. I mean, I'm going to hold on to him uh, once Renfro comes back and kind of feel it out. But if he starts losing playing time again, uh, I'm going to have to drop him, I think. That's that's the shame is he should be playing over Kane and maybe even over McCutcheon right now. So yeah. that's that's the thing with him. We'll see what they decide to do because, yeah, he's going to be hard to hold on to if he's not playing every day. But if he is, like you said, 20 and 12 is very realistic for a guy like Taylor. And that's very valuable. So um, hopefully he gets to keep his gig. We'll see how that one plays out. Uh, next up, we have a catcher, a catcher up the ladder. No, first off, Jose Miranda, my bad. Picked up in 71 leagues, as high as 105, as low as a dollar. Miranda has come back after being demoted for a couple days and then like a day before uh, Royce Lewis got hurt again. Miranda's come back, though, and he's starting to show glimmers of what people loved about him. He's got um, three home runs since the 30th. He's got a couple doubles in there, really hitting the ball hard. So uh, Miranda's a guy I did grab in a few places surprising how cheap I got him for, but I, I was willing to take a chance. First base, third base eligible had my attention. Yeah, he went cheap in my leagues too. And the, he was available in, I think, three of my six fab leagues. And they happened to be leagues where I was not looking for his position. So I, I it's one of those where I have to restrain myself because I wanted to just say, yep. just put some bids in on him. But then you end up with, you know, I, I try to keep my roster, especially for hitters, very balanced. So I didn't need a third baseman. I, I just don't. So is he first or third? Whatever he is, I didn't First and it. third. He's both. First and third. That's right. Um, so I had other priorities. I think one of them, I, I was only getting pitcher or things like that. But he went really inexpensively. And sometimes that trip down to the minors is all it really takes. Even if it's a day or two, they just it sort of puts a little shock in your system, I think. And, you know, he's doing well. And I think that's a good pickup. If people didn't spend very much on him, sure, take a chance on it. See if he does well. If he doesn't, move on. It's the next guy. And so the way I see it, it's like we didn't spend much. So if he gets sent back down again, you drop him, it's no big deal. We didn't have to break the bank for him. And the pedigree's there. You got that trip down. Ask Frank Schwindel how that went. Uh, he, he was down yeah. for like 12 hours, and it worked out really well for him. So uh, let's, we'll see what Miranda keeps doing here because the, the Twins need some help. They're, they're winning games, but they need some offensive help. They're like they're getting by right now. Uh, oh, that so, Royce Lewis injury was – oh, uh, crushed, I, crushed I, I kept him when he got sent yep. down, and you then and he was back both. up, and I was just like – Yep. And then whoop, right into the wall. Yep, you and me both. I was, uh, I was all excited. I finally I held on to him, and it worked out. Me and then it So, yeah, it's a shame. All right, now we got a catcher to talk about, and I blame Vlad's article for this. But um, <laughs> Jose Trevino was picked up in 71 leagues, 71 wow. leagues, all, like, like 20 leagues less than half, so maybe 40% of leagues 
picked up in as high as $65. I don't know what they were smoking. As low as a dollar. I got them for a buck in a couple of weeks. Like I was not going more than a buck. But uh, Jose Trevino, yeah, he showed a little pop. He's going to platoon with Higashioka and company. But uh, any interest in Trevino and that monster stash he's rocking? I, I did <laughs> um, have a bid in him on him. I put um, Servant in first and got okay. him. Trevino was second. Um, but, you know, I it had to be Vlad that did this because I just sort of stumbled on him yesterday because one place that I am having to stream this year is catchers and I am not having fun with it. So I'm constantly just looking, you know, I've got Christian Betancourt on a team. I've got some Tucker Barnhart. It's just, it's a mess. And so I'm just constantly looking for that catcher upgrade. And, you know, when I looked at it in the last, I think I was looking at 14 days, he's gotten like two thirds of the playing time, which really surprised me. Um, and he's, you know, killing it. So, you know, if, if you're streaming catchers, sure. Dang, I put some bids in on him, do it. And then, you know, if he cools off, then, you know, I feel like I'm saying this a lot today. Move on to the next guy. Yeah. <laughs> well, especially the catcher's position. That's a gimme. Yeah, like, catchers. Oh, it's killing I, me. I, I rotated between Trevino, Cal Raleigh, and someone else this weekend. Like, just I put I dollar bids in on all of them. It's like, it's like whoever whoever comes my way, I'll take one of you. Just, just come yep. over. So, yeah, I, I feel you there. I get it. Um, next up is Nico Horner picked up in 66 leagues as high as 43, as low as a dollar. Um, since he's returned from the IL on the 25th, he's hitting 350 with a home run and four stolen bases. We're only striking out 7% of the time. So that's pretty darn solid. He's got that middle infield eligibility, second base and shortstop. They're going to give him some run there in Chicago. They only have five games this week, which is a bummer. They're coming off the nine game week last week, but, uh, Horner's showing some promise there. Uh, were you any interest in a guy like Nico Horner? I do. And I think maybe of all the hitters that we've talked about so far, I might be the most interested in him. I don't think I ended up with him anywhere. I think he might only have been available in one or two of my leagues. He got dropped only because he got injured. Um, but, you know, he can provide average. Like you say, he doesn't strike out a lot. Got a little power, a little speed. Um, he may not play exactly every day because they've got Simmons and now Madrigal is back, I think, also. So, you know, he might pl not play every, every day. Um, but since he's come back, he has not been just batting ninth. Before he got hurt, he was just batting ninth. And now he's up to like the six, seven range. So that's helpful. Um, but yeah, I think it, he's maybe a little bit more in that Kyle Farmer range with a little bit better average where, you know, he's he's just going to do well for each. You know, he's a good baseline, good floor. Yeah, no, I like him. Well, I picked him up last week before the nine game week, and that was that was fun. But um, yeah, I didn't drop him this week. I'll tell you that much, though. I held yeah. on to him. We'll see how it plays out. He's on my bench to start the week with the two games, but uh, he'll probably be back in on the weekend. I, I like the upgrade upside there. And you know, we talked to John Birdie for steals. Like Horner's got that ability as well, so mm -hmm. we'll be quite interesting to see how those two play out. Oscar Gonzalez of the Cleveland Guardians. No home run since he got called up, but he has three doubles, hitting three sixty one. Uh, getting on base quite a bit in fifth or sixth for the Guardians. I wasn't overly aggressive on him. Some people really, really like him. They like the upside of him. Uh, anything you see in uh, Oscar Gonzalez? Yeah, I have seen him with the Clippers um, last year and this year. Uh, he's He's got a good power bat, and, and he does it with a decent average, which is can be hard to find. A lot of those power guys can just murder your average. But um, he keeps a good average, and so I think that's a, a good combination. I just don't know how I feel about the playing time. Um, you know, Framil Reyes is on the IL when he comes back. You know, it's it's not like the Guardians have this, you know, great outfield, but there's sort of a lot of guys. So 
how we know, or is there anybody that's going to get full-time playing time? I'm not sure if he does well enough, he'll probably force his way in there. So I think it's a good, a good, you know, chance to take. Um, he's got good skills. And like I said, anybody, any power hitter that can get you good average is um, a pretty good, pretty good option. Yeah, no, he's an interesting one for sure. Like a lot of outfielders are available in 12s, just like a lot. So yeah, uh, he went in uh, and to recap Oscar Gonzalez, 61 leagues as high as $43. Uh, Brendan Donovan was still available in 61 leagues. We don't have to go too deep on him. Cause I think we've talked about him for like three straight weeks. It feels like, <laughs> but uh, he went as high as 132, and it's like he's playing pretty much every day. A lot of positional eligibility, pretty productive. He's, he's a typical cardinal, is the way I put it. He's just a pesky yeah. typical cardinal. Um, have you any shares of Brendan Donovan? Because he's long gone in 15s. Yeah, I don't, and I kind of overlooked him the week that everybody picked him up. And then since I didn't get him and he's not available, he's kind of just flown under the radar for me. But when I look back at him this morning, I just sort of went, eh, you know, he's yeah. playing a lot of position eligibility, maybe sort of like a Jace Peterson, although Jace Peterson's on a heater right now, but a normal Jace Peterson, you know, so it's, it can be a good fill in. Those guys can be great to have on your roster because they can fill in all over the place and you don't have to, it'll give you more spots to have uh, pitchers on your bench. So it, it can be useful but I don't, there doesn't seem to be anything there that's like really a standout skill. Yeah. It's like, I think I have him in like one of my leagues, but it was kind of just cause he fell to me. I, I'm not yeah. over the moon for Brendan Donovan, but he, he fills in like with all the injuries going on. I plugged him in a couple times. So it, it helps out in that regard. Like you're mm -hmm. saying to uh, kind of open up some flexibility for sure. A couple more to get through here. Ross Stripling was picked up in 54 leagues as high as $28, as low as $1. He's uh, got a two-step this week filling in for Hung Jin Ryu, who's going to miss some time, they're saying, on the IL. He made some starts earlier this year. He's been pitching out of the bullpen, so I'm going to stretch him back out. Uh, we've seen in the past, Stripling's been serviceable. Other times, it's been a mess. Um, I'll be honest, I picked him up in a few leagues for really cheap, and in like draft champions, I have a lot of Ross Stripling because he was free. Um, what's your thoughts on Ross Stripling? I have like an irrational love of Ross Stripling that I can't totally explain. I think it's just left over from the, you know, that he looks so promising uh, with the Dodgers. And then when he came to Toronto, I was, you know, really looking forward to it. I drafted him a lot last year and it just didn't work out. Um, you know, he's got at Kansas City, at Detroit, good matchups. How long will he pitch in them? Who knows? Maybe three, four innings. So you might not be in line for a win, but I think sometimes that, um, factor can kind of be overstated. You know, you often, you know, the guys that you're putting in that you think will be eligible for a win aren't. So if you can get two appearances that add up to maybe seven, eight innings of good performance, yeah, you might not get a win, but that's still very valuable. Yeah, no, I'm with you. That's why I grabbed them in a few places, pitching on a good team. They're going to stretch them out. I guess for me, this was more than a, a one week rental. Yes. So I was, I was kind of unlike some other guys like Pilkington could be a one week rental. That's just might be the reality of it. He, he might be a rage drop next yeah. week. <laughs> Stripling's going to be pitching no matter what. Like if he has a bad start, they're still going to put him out. Like he is their fifth starter right now. That's just the way it's going to be at least till Pearson comes back. So I'll take my chances. Maybe it's irrationally, like you said, like just a belief in him, but that's where I'm at with a guy like Ross Stripling. You mentioned Jace Peterson a second ago. He's picked up in 54 leagues as well, as high as 47, as low as a dollar. Over the last like week plus, he's hitting 333 with two doubles, two triples, two home runs, and two stolen bases. He's been on quite the heater, as you mentioned. Um, he was a great like uh, DC and FPC 50 target just because of the flexibility. So I have shares there. 
don't have anything in redraft leagues. So what's your thoughts on Jace Peterson? And a 15 would be amazing value. I had Jace Peterson until last week when I dropped him. I needed the roster spot, and I thought that Adamas was coming back. I still think he might be supposed to come back time. tomorrow. He's supposed yes. to come back on Tuesday. And yes. I thought he might come back mid mid last week. So I just was in those pinches. And when you, I did, it's one of those drops that I agonized over. And I ended up dropping him and just, oh, it was just killing me all week as he's hitting those home runs and stealing those bases. But I do think that, you know, with Adamas should be coming back tomorrow, he might not get the playing time. I mean, it's, you would think he's doing so well that he'll still play. But, you know, he's, he's basically their super Utah guy. And, you know, he might just go right back into that role. So he's similar to Brendan Donovan, where having all that position eligibility is great. And he's a good player. Um, but if he's not playing every day, you know, it's especially when you're um, in those leagues that set half-week lineups. You know, if you're looking at a weekend where he might play once or twice, yep. it's just so hard to start him. And, you know, he might get pinch hit appearances. And it, it might end – the line might end up looking good at the end of it. But going into those – you know, lineup periods, it's so hard to make a decision about what to do with them. Yep. That, and that's why I've, I've struggled to add him because uh, the talent's there when he's playing. But uh, like you said, Adamus is coming back. Luis Urias is day to day. Like these guys are going to play over Peterson more often than not. So it's just a, a tough one right there. The talented, great guy to have on a real life team. That's for sure. So um, works perfect for the brew crew. A couple more. We can skip over Michael Walker. He just got added everywhere because it's a two start week. That's the moral of the story there. Uh, but Luis Garcia, I wanted to hit on of the Washington Nationals. People were yelling to call him up. We've seen him in the bigs before, and he's got a good a batting average tool. The power's kind of been hit and miss. He had some power in the minors this year, but he's hit safely in four or five games since he's been called up with five RBIs, striking out 25% of the time. Was he a guy you're in on at all second base only right now? Yeah, I mean, I think he's a pretty good option. Like you said, I mean, in AAA, he's sitting over 300, eight home runs, a steal. Um, you know, everybody was trying to figure out why he wasn't playing over, you know, and I'll see Escobar, but Escobar's out now. And so he might, you know, just be the guy going forward. So I think that he's somebody who you could pick up with the potential for it being long-term. Um, I had, I had a lot of faith in him last year and it kind of didn't work out, but a lot of times it takes, you know, a year for these guys to really get used to the big leagues and, and really become more comfortable. So I wouldn't be surprised at all if he hits the ground running and with Washington, you know, sometimes it's not, it's not great to be on a team that's not doing well, but sometimes it, it can help because you're going to get the playing time. And right now, so far, I think he's been hitting ninth. Um, but if he does well, that could easily, he could easily move up in the order. So I think it's a, a potential good long-term play if, if he keeps up this pace. Yeah. Like you said, we've seen him do it before. He's looked even better in the minors this year, so he's not like just a first-time prospect guy. This is a this was a good one to go go after if you guys could pull it off. I'm honestly surprised he didn't get added in more leagues. Um, it was added in 51 leagues as high as $87. Kind of surprised on that one. Uh, a couple more, and we're talking Reds. We're talking Reds here. Tony Centillion picked up in 50 leagues as high as $65, as low as one. He's got two saves over his last three outings, three saves over his last six outings. I know we talked about this in the preseason. You said just stay away from the bullpen. What are your thoughts on Tony? I this is out of all everybody we've talked about. This is probably the one where I'm just like, no, don't get it. Don't. I mean, <laughs> I guess you're getting saves. His ERA is like four point six, four point seven. I mean, that's not helpful at all. And you know, just because he got three saves in the last week, he might not get another one for three, four weeks. You just don't yeah. know. 
So I just have absolutely no interest in any Cincinnati closer. So I don't, I mean, I know people are just constantly churning and trying to pick up the next guy that has a few, but Oh no, thank you. No. <laughs> and the last red I'm going to bring up, we've talked a lot of like prospects that have been good and bad, but now it's getting another shot. And it's been health for Nixon Zell, but uh, he's picked up in 49 leagues as high as $63, as low as one. He's been leading off for the Reds since he's come back from his injury. He's got a five-game hitting streak heading into the week. He's playing really good. And, like, I know we've seen this from him before. Then he gets hurt. Um, but he's got some power. He's got some speed. I'm honestly surprised he was not added in more leagues, to tell you the truth. Like, out of all the guys, like, the, the people we've talked about, like, you have Oscar Gonzalez. I think I'd rather ch- chance Nick Senzel, personally. But uh, little things like that. So what's your thoughts on Senzel? I mean, he's he, he's made a glass. So you just yeah. have to know that going in. I, I know I saw him. I think it was last night he was diving back. Uh, towards first base, and I'm just praying. You know, so you just, everything, you just hold your breath every time anything happens to him. Um, but he was probably, I would say, probably my biggest pickup of this week in my main event that's doing well. Um, I really needed an outfielder. He was out there. I paid $53, which I think was more than I needed to, but I really did want to get him out of, out of the options that were available. He stood out to me. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I believe that he can be great if he stays healthy. Will he stay healthy? Who knows? Yeah. Yeah, but I'm with you. I think he was definitely worth uh, the bids if you could get him. A couple listener questions, and then we'll head on out of here. We have a one in the chat here. I think I know the answer, but he said Kyle Farmer or Mike Moustakis. I'm just going to go with Farmer just for floor. Um, Moustakis, I, you know, I still think he can be good. When he came to the Reds, I just was full of optimism for him. But I personally, for me, I don't hang on to guys that are injured unless they're like my top tier guys. So, you know, if, even though I dropped him last week, if I hadn't, if I had hung on to him, he would be an immediate automatic drop for me this week. No questions asked. I just don't hang on to these guys. So, um, especially in the situation situation that we're in right now, it's easily farmer for me. I'm with you. I'm with you there. Uh, Simon P asks, what's the word on Jose Barrero? Is Kyle Farmer doing enough now to keep him at bay? And also what kind of numbers would you expect from Barrero once he is healthy and on the roster? I have not looked up what he has been doing in AAA. I haven't heard his name in a while. Me either. I'm trying to look him up real quick. Jose Barrero. Let's see. Um, 204, three home runs, one steal. Not doing much. No. And actually, Farmer, the other thing that, you know, people were kind of poo-pooing in the preseason was Farmer's defense. I, Farmer plays good defense. I, I believe that they are confident with him at shortstop. So unless Barrera does something to really force their hand, I don't see the point in them making that change. Yeah, I'm with you for now. That's for sure. And then uh, Mike Curland has a question. Expectations on Ezekiel Duran and Luis Garcia. We talked Luis Garcia. Um, Ezekiel Duran came up in a, a conversation I was having with him. I brain farted on Ezekiel Duran this weekend. Uh, he was definitely more of a 15 team ad. Did you have any interest in Duran, the uh, potential third baseman for the Texas Rangers? I had him written down. It might have been one of the podcasts that I listened to during the week that was talking about him. And I went, oh, that's interesting, and wrote him down. And I don't think I put any bids in. Rob, Rob Silver was talking about him. Rob Silver is was saying was? He, he was tweeting about him this morning that um, he's lowered his strikeout rate pretty dramatically in the minors as you're down to 18%. And then um, he's got power, speed. I think he said steamer 600, have him like a 2013 type guy if you play the whole deal. 
but it's the, it's the Rangers. It's a first time prospect. He's one of their higher prospects. So there's that. Yeah, And Josh, Josh Smith is out. Andy Abano has got sent down. I mean, it's, if he can get the playing time, that seems like a very good speculative option. Yep. That's the way I see it. Like I, we've both said it, we're not prospect people. So I could not tell you the proper um, projection on him, but uh, the Rangers have no reason not. They just finally demoted Willie Calhoun after so many chances. So did they DFA him or they devote they him? DFA'd they DFA'd him. They yeah. DFA'd him. Yeah, he's gone. He's out of the Kinda organization. Him, I think. <laughs> yeah, he, he needs, needs a, a change. Yep, yeah, change of scenery might be good for him. So we'll see how that one plays out. But all right, Jenny. Well, that'll wrap us up. Another fun, fun time chatting with you. Um, before we leave, let everybody know where they can find you. And uh, what I know you had an article come out over at Fantrax. What else you got going on? Yeah, so I've been doing a monthly series on fan tracks, looking at the month ahead. So looking at schedule breakdown and by by week, each of the four weeks, you know, who's got good matchups or bad matchups and usually some injuries. Who have we lost in the uh, previous month and who will be filling in for them? And then what guys can we expect coming back? Things like that. Um, and I am working right now for uh, on something for Rotoballer about uh, long relievers and maybe some long relievers that you can roster. Um, I keep starting it and then the, mm-hmm. the list keeps changing yep. because Springs may not, maybe be back to being one. Stripling now isn't one anymore. Keegan Thompson maybe isn't one anymore. So, so I keep fun. starting it and restarting it. But um, hopefully that should be out soon. And um, in the meantime, I'm on Twitter. Like you said, the uh, handle is at JennyButler830. Awesome. Well, Jenny, it's always fun chatting with you. You're a very, very bright and awesome fantasy mind and just a great person to talk to. So thanks for joining me. I look forward to doing it again sometime. Thank you. Everybody, this is Bench with Bubba, episode 479, re- recapping the week in Fab with Jenny Butler. Catch you guys later. Yeah.